Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, everyone, we're in 3 John today. We're going to be starting off this new book. I am so excited. In uh, 1 John, uh, if you remember, uh, we uh, talked about you know the main points uh, being uh, Christ, talking about love. Um, 1 John is all about love, uh, and Christ is that love. And we mentioned Christ is the life of the world, the light of the world and the love of the world. And it was a big lesson on love, loving God, loving one another, being the main points in Second John, or if you have if you will, two eyed John. Uh, now we've got our eyes on on love, but also in truth. And uh, God's truth is so important, and you can't have just pure love by itself. Because if you did, you'd get a bunch of deceived Christians. You wouldn't have the ability to discern the the what love is. And uh, if you don't have God's truth along the way, you, you know your love is not really from God. You got to have God's truth. And so, Second uh, John is talking about how important it is to have God's God's truth there. And and uh, you know, of course, love always starts with God. God is love, and uh, through His love, He gives us His mercy, and then He, and from this mercy, His compassion on us, He um, gives us a way out. He makes a way out. The propitiation for our sins is Christ, and that's through God's grace, and allows us to be forgiven like this. And then through Christ is uh, we have access to God's peace, and uh, Christ is truth and. In our lives, and so third-eyed John, three-eyed John, or third John, is talking about how we um, apply this uh, love and this truth in our life, and it's by um, the response, you know, to receive God's truth, to receive Christ, is our faith in Him. That's our response. To God's truth. So, you know, God starts off with love. He gives us His truth, which is Jesus Christ. And our response to that truth is our faith. Now, in the Old Testament, McGee points out that uh, the Old Testament sort of 
word that 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 um, is used is trust. And in the New Testament word, that word is faith. So in the Old Testament, we are trusting God, trusting His truth. And in the New Testament, we are placing our faith in God's truth, which is Christ. You know, this is God's propitiation. This is God's gospel. This is God's grace put in action. So now we, we um, have faith in Christ, which is trust in Christ. And so this is our response to God's truth, to Christ. And so how do we live life now? We live life, we abide in Christ. Christ abides in us. God gives us Christ, uh, Holy Spirit. So we are never without Christ. People say, you know, um, um, it's too bad that, you know, you know, we weren't living in the times of Christ. I'd have more faith. Well, no, you don't, because even though we're not living in the times of Christ, we have the times of Christ's Holy Spirit. So now we live, we walk in God's truth, in Christ, wow, by faith. We receive God's truth by faith. We live God's truth by faith. So this uh, third eye, John, third John is talking about faith. Our response to God's truth is faith. So, First John, love. Second John, truth. Third John, faith. So now let's read with maybe that framework with three-eyed John is faith um, to how we can uh, apply Third John in our lives. So uh, our schedule uh, goes uh, down to verse seven. So that's what we'll be reading and commenting. On these passages. Uh, verse 1, the elder to the beloved Gaius, uh, whom I love in truth. So this is a personal letter. Now the elder is John. He's sort of referring himself to the elder. And this might be the nickname that they were giving him, you know, the old man. Um, it's, a, it's a phrase that he might have been the elder in the church or maybe the oldest elder in the church. But uh, might be the uh, nickname that they were giving him as well. So this is something that he's writing to Gaius. This is a fellow that uh, is in the church that, that John uh, expresses his love for. And then verse 2, he, he, he uses the phrase beloved, and he's used it already in verse 1. He calls him beloved Gaius, and he says, Beloved, um, I pray all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So he is talking about his physical health, and he's talking about his spiritual health. And that's one thing that we have to think about is being in good health spiritually. How often do we think about our health being just uh, a physical situation? And we go to the doctor all the time and bring in our aches and pains, but how often do we talk about our, uh, physical, our physical health? So that's something to think about. So he prays that Gaius is in good health for his soul. Verse 3, For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And so this is a reference to the way 
Gaius is living. This is a reference to the way we can apply it to our own lives. How are we living? Are we living in the truth? And the truth is Christ. The truth is God's truth, Jesus Christ. Are we walking in the truth? And this is how we live. Our response to the truth is with our faith, with our trust. And if we're not trusting, if we're not faithful in the way we live our life, how can we please God? And this is what John is saying. It is so joy that to hear the children of God, those who have been redeemed. And remember when he was talking about the children back in 1 John? Those are children who have been born again, who have been children of the resurrection, born again in God's truth by faith in Christ. And so he's saying again, children, walking in the truth, please him, please God. Oh, how, you know, and when you think of God the Father and, and, and compare his role as a father to the way we feel as fathers when our children are obedient and are walking in the right ways, doesn't that bring joy to our hearts? When we see children playing with one another in truth, the way we've instructed them, how pleasing that is to a parent. So this is, you know, John talking to Gaius and he's praying for his spiritual health and he's saying, you know, the spiritual health you know, how do you, you know, your physical health, you look at your blood pressure and your pulse and your temperature and your respirations, your weight, your BMI, all these things, your A1C. What about spiritual health? It's how you're walking. Are you walking in faith? Or in the Old Testament, were you walking in trust? That's a real life measure of your Spiritual health. Are you walking in faith? Verse 5, beloved. Again, he uses this word beloved again. And this is, you know, we cannot overemphasize how much love God has for us. We are beloved. Can you imagine? Someone who doesn't know a thing about God, then learns about God, then puts his faith on God, in God and all of a sudden, he realizes he's beloved. Does that seem like an artificial love to you? No. Now, in human terms, it seems pretty superficial, doesn't it? But in God's terms, faith in him, faith in Christ, allows you to be reborn. And that faith in Christ, Christ himself is personification to you of God's love. The love that God has for each one of us, whether we really realize God or not, was that Christ laid down his life. This is Christ gives us an insight in how much love God has for each one of us. We can't get our head around that. So just by putting our faith in Christ and what he did for us, to sharing his death, we share with his resurrection, we become children of God because we're reborn spiritually. He abides in us. We abide in Him. We have eternal life right off the bat. 
We are beloved. Christ allows us to see how much love the Father has for us. Christ allows us to access how much love God has for us. Christ allows us to receive God's love because we're forgiven. We're now at peace with God. We're beloved. It is a faithful thing. Again, how do we receive God's love? How do we receive God's truth in faith? It is a faithful thing you do. We have to put our faith into practice. Faithful thing you do in all of your efforts for these brothers. Strangers as they are, you don't know them. But the thing you've got in common with them is your faith. Your children, you're in the same family. You're in the same body. That's the church, the body of Christ. And you're in the same spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God that dwells in each one of us. You dwell in the church as the body of Christ. Christ dwells in you as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name. This is Jesus Christ for his name according to the gospel message, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. The church, remember, the church is the body of Christ. He's talking about the body of Christ. You will do well. Remember, James calls us to do good. We need to do good. We need to do well. We need to send fellow believers to support fellow believers. We are supporting the church. We are supporting the body of Christ. And we need to support those who are working, who are testifying to your love, to testifying. It's not really testifying to Gaius' love, but Gaius' love comes from God, from Christ. The love that you pour into one another is Christ. That's the love we're talking about here. And that does John such good to see children walking in the truth, walking by faith in the truth, abiding in God's love. God's love abiding in one another, abiding in each other. Remember what Jesus said? Remember what First John said? You got two commandments, love God and what? Love one another. Just as the Father loved you first. So he's talking about how to apply God's love. He's talking about how to apply our response to God's truth, and that's by faith. So we'll end here and take up tomorrow as we continue this marvelous little study of Third John, which is really Almost like a, a trilogy here. We got 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, 1-Eyed John, 2-Eyed John, 3-Eyed John. So from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing great. Can't wait to hear what you've got to say today. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from the book of 3 John chapter 1 beginning at verse 7 all the way to verse 10 
So 3 John is divided according to three individuals mentioned, and these are Gaius, Diotrephes, and Demetrius. So we looked at Gaius in our introduction that was last week, and um, we saw that Gaius was an outstanding man of God, and he was the Apostle John's friend. He was actually a convert of John, and John calls him beloved. Um, if we go back to our introduction, it says the elder to the beloved Gaius. So John was pretty fond of um, Gaius and he was, you know, not only beloved by uh, John, not only was John fond of him, but he was also beloved by the church and the group of men and women who were out um during that time of the early church witnessing for Christ. So they all really liked and loved um, these brethren in Christ. And, you know, in that day in the Roman Empire, it wasn't easy um, to actually give out the word of God because there was so many persecutions and all. But, you know, when they got to the town where Gaius was and where the church he served in was, um, Gaius always opened up his home and received them into his home, provided that they were actually walking in the doctrine of the apostles, and that was they were that that is you know they were walking in light and in love for the brethren. So the doctrine and the conduct had to actually go together. So how somebody conducts themselves and um, what message they are preaching. Um, these two things have to go together. Do they have love for the brethren and are they preaching um, according to the doctrine of the apostles? So these men who went out ministering did not get any remuneration and it was, you know, during very difficult and dangerous times in the Roman times, and, you know, when there was um, the Roman Empire. And they went out trusting the Lord. And homes were actually open to them in some places and other places. They were not given any support. And these people would not take anything uh, from the Gentiles. You know, that is the unbelievers in that day. So, let me read uh, where our teaching is starting from today. That's verse 7. I'll read verse 7 and 8. And it reads, Because they went forth. For his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. So, so um, when these people, the teachers, the missionaries, they went out, they would take, um, they would not take anything from the Gentiles, and the Gentiles then were the unbelievers. And John, in verse eight, encourages um, them by saying, "We therefore ought to receive." such that we may become fellow workers for the truth so this means one would be a partner with these men if they open their home to them so john is encouraging the people um in in, in the town where gaius was coming from to actually open up the door to be like gaius open up the, their homes to these um people who are um you know who who are following the doctrine of the apostles that's the light and who are um also showing love for their brethren because that means um they are partners in the truth um you know to help out these people and support them um on their way as they go out ministering the word of god so 
here we see there is a similarity between second and third john but there's also a great contrast that divides these two epistles so in the second epistle john um you know he was warning the elect lady who uh, and this lady was very generous and she was wealthy and she and he was um giving her a warning not to receive into her home apostates and deceivers no matter what you know um clever words they actually use and we have a lot of these people you know they they're all wordy and they don't even um you know follow doctrine they 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 teach according to you know their own understanding and you know they twist um the words of the bible and the gospel because um and john is warning her that she is not to re to receive these deceivers and apostles even if they use clever words because if she does uh, meaning she is a partner with them in their evil deeds um in deceiving other people but john also goes on to say if one receives the others that's the men walking in the light and in love then um you know one is a fellow helper to the truth and one becomes um you know partners to the truth to giving out the word of god one becomes partners with them in getting out god's word so unfortunately not all were like gaius in the early church so now we're going to be introduced to a man who is the total opposite of gaius that's a diatrophies and we have these such people we have diatrophies today in the church and i'll read verse 9 and 10 which reads i wrote to the church but diatrophies who loves to have the preeminence among them does not receive us verse 10 therefore if i come i will call to mind his deeds which he does parting against us sorry uh, let me just read that again therefore if i come i will call to mind his deeds which he does prating against us with malicious words and not content with that he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to putting them out of the church so here we are introduced to um another type of individual from gaius that's diatrophies and what marks the atrophies what marks this man is he likes to have the preeminence he is basically a dictator so john you know he um the, uh, john the apostle john he wrote the penitude of the new testament that is he wrote um five books in the new testament as moses wrote the penitude in the old testament though um oh sorry john actually wrote the gospel and he wrote revelations and the three epistles making it five so he wrote the penitude and many expositors actually believe that john wrote the epistles last these three um, epistles that he wrote which if true um they were like his swan song they were written like towards the end of his life and he was um and they were actually uh, written close you know close to the end of the first century and many believers had come into the church like actually millions and millions of believers had come into the church and you know what we need to know and what we want to know is if they all got along you know what was their character what was their attitude um, did they all just get along fine um <clears throat> so there were some like gaius 
who are like actually very generous people and very nice, very kind-hearted, and they were beloved, not only in the church, they were also beloved by the people, um, by the missionaries, and <clears throat> by John. They were real men of God who actually stood for the things of God. And then <clears throat> they were men like Diotrephes. <clears throat> okay, so who actually uh, loved the preeminence. And, um, you know, he even opposed the apostle John. And he even opposed, um, he didn't welcome the people that um, John had also actually recommended, um, the people who are giving out the word of God. Um, he didn't open his home to such people and he banned other people, other members of the church to actually open their homes and support these people that um, the apostle John had, had, had um, you know, recommended when he rose to the church. And we will come to this individual, to another individual who um, who is... Uh, uh, who, who is a wonderful person and um, who teaches um, the word of God, who has the light and teaches the truth. And that's Demetrius. We'll come to that um, in our next study. So he, so this man, Diotrephes, he opposed the apostle John. He, uh, so when John wrote to the church to actually receive certain men, that's when, you know, one of the men was um, Demetrius, um, he actually refused or he, he also refused to open his home to um, these missionaries as um, mentioned by Dr. Jeeva McGee in the introduction uh, back then you know you know for the sake of uh, the fact that we skipped the introduction that was last week um, Dr. Jeeva McGee had actually mentioned that back then in the days you know there were no motels or hotels you know there were only inns um, and these inns were not just very conducive, um, but and these inns were not in every place. They were here and there, and these inns were generally dirty. And so, um, private um, homes were actually opened up to these teachers and ministers, and Christians um, practiced hospitality then. And Peter actually mentions this, um, if we turn to the book of First Peter, um, that's in First Peter 4, verse 9. It reads, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. We also find it, um, Paul mentioned the same thing about hospitality in um, 1 Timothy 5.9. So 1 Timothy 5.9 reads, do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number and not unless she has been the wife of one man then we also have uh, Romans 12 13 which reads um, disturbing uh, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality so you know Paul had mentioned this you know as Christians we ought to be hospitable we ought to welcome our uh, fellow brethren and um, open up our homes or support show support but Diotrephes actually opposed this he opposed all of the teachers that John had recommended because he loved to have the preeminence he wanted his own way it was um, for him it was actually rule or ruin he was just a dictator he wanted to have the only say like he wanted to be the only person who um, who preached and who was listened to. This is why he uh, literally just refused to welcome these missionaries. Um, you know, 
the atrophies his vainglorious and we have many diatrophies mr and mrs diatrophies in the church today these people who just ruin and wreck um the church many churches so john actually brought five charges of which he was guilty of of which diatrophies was guilty of the first um what charge was he must occupy the leading place in the church so he was just pious full of pomp he was just vain he just wanted to be the leader to be the only one who's heard the second charge is he refused to actually receive john the third charge is he made malicious statements against the apostles the fourth charge is he refused to actually entertain missionaries traveling through the country and reason being you know because he wanted to be the only one um, who could actually preach because he felt probably threatened that you know his position would be taken um, and the fifth charge was he actually excommunicated those who entertained the missionaries. So Diatrophes, what kind of person is he? He is self-opinionated, he is self-exalted, he is self-made. Instead of, you know, having the Holy Spirit make him over, he's just full of self. It's just I, 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 it's just Diatrophes. And today we have many men and women who actually want to run the church uh, who are like Diatrophes, who are very pious of pump who are just inflated they're there who actually end up just ruining the church and you know who end up um ruining the church and a lot of members of the church end up leaving because of people who are like this we have these small little diatrophies like you know in the choir um you know these soloists who just feel like you know i'm the only one who can do this no one else can because i sing better i'm better they're just full of piousness they just vainglorious people there's people who are like this these people these leaders who are like this who are just you know self-absorbed self-confidence self everything it's just about them and they have a problem with sharing um the stage with just sharing with other people they are diatrophies like this today and um this is what uh, john is writing about uh be like gaius not like diatrophies so this is our teaching today. Thank you all for listening in. Have a pleasant Monday. God bless you all and stay safe and bye-bye.